You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. Welcome, podcast listeners. This is the Remote Local Podcast. I'm your host, David Lahav, with my co-host, Neil Parekh. And today, we have a guest we're super excited about. We got Cam Woodsome here with us. Hey, Cam. Hey, David. Hey, Neil. It's good to be here. Stoked to have you, man. And Cam, you met David in Barbados, I want to say, right? We actually, we met in Bali back in, this would have been... End of 2019, early 28, early 2018. When are we talking here, David? I think it might have been 2018. End okay. of 2018. End of 2018, Bar- uh, Bali, and then we got we traveled together to Barbados this past November, which was a blast. We did some surfing together, and we had some a COVID-free sort of paradise for a bit and then a big super spreader event everything locked down and we left but it was a great it was a great couple months it was a fun time was that intentional to meet in barbados or did it just happen intentional i i was thinking about where could i go near the u.s like on a u.s time zone that had limited covid and was pretty open Mm -hmm. and then i was thinking about okay who could i invite like who's also location independent who'd be fun to get together with and i was like oh david he likes surfing he's he's near the u.s this is perfect so i reached out to david and a few other people and david showed up and it was great there we go it is funny how often that does happen where you just will run into someone else who's also nomad and be like, oh, you're Lisbon too. That's funny. And you just, it's just, we're all hitting the same hotspots. But I will say Barbados is not a common one. So that's kind of cool you guys met there. No, it, it definitely, it's not one that I've heard in the past. Although I do think that they, my understanding is they sort of started, maybe started like the nomad visa mm. uh, trend, which there are now 20 countries, I think, that have like, digital nomad visas. And I believe Barbados, if not the first, it was one of the first two or three. Um, and so there is a surprisingly pretty solid community of expats and remote workers there. Because it, it isn't one that I've heard about in the past. But from being there, I mean, there's a decent community. And there's bars where you can go to and meet up with a bunch of other expats. And it was a fun spot. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And especially during the fact that we were all escaping the, the <laughs> lockdowns and Corona, then it just made it so easy to meet everybody else and, and have a great time. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was an epic time together. Yeah. Cam, we'd love to hear some of your background, man. I know uh, we, we briefly touched on it prior to the call, but for everyone, can you tell us a little bit first of like where you grew up, who you are, what you're doing and just go from there? Sure. So Cam Woodsome, I'm originally from Boston in the U.S., And I went to college at USC in LA. Um, After college, I spent a year working for DoorDash. I was traveling around the US and Canada launching new markets. And that was Hmm. sort of, that was me getting going in the nomading side as a a paid employee, not working remotely, but nomading and had a blast. I then worked out of DoorDash out of headquarters in San Francisco for a bit, joined another startup 
And both of those experiences just led me to realize I really didn't want to be an employee. Wow. And I needed to start my own thing. And even the startup it, life cam, you just didn't like the SF startup scene or what was it about it? Um, well, so at, at DoorDash, when I started, when I was launching markets, it was amazing where I'm, I'm in the wild. I'm going to a new city. I'm mm-hmm. on a team of two to three people and, you know, you show up and we're building the market from scratch. So very entrepreneurial, not cross-functional, very independent. And then I got promoted to run our special projects group. And I've all of a sudden I'm in headquarters working cross-functionally with basically every department in the company and just ran into so many politics mm-hmm. and so much shenanigans uh, where my mindset, like I just like working hard and working on cohesive teams trying to win. And so dealing with lots of people who are trying to sabotage other things in the company for their own benefit, like that is, those are just not environments that I work well in. So that caused me to leave DoorDash. And then I joined another company and found out in the second week that the CEO had lied about their growth and profitability metrics. Jeez. And, and so I, I left and that was right when I left was a five-year relationship with my now ex had just ended. My lease was about to end and I had been thinking about starting a business, but didn't really have an idea that I was compelled to run with. But I just thought, I was like, if there's ever a time in my life to go and start a business, this is the moment. Like Mm -hmm. all signs, everything has aligned and I can either listen and sort of follow all of these signs or I can, I can cave and continue fighting the good fight to be an employee somewhere. And I was just like, I need to do my own thing. And so that this is a, a long story, but that started my journey of building internet businesses while nomadic. And where did you go for that, Cam? So I, I, I started in Bali where we ended up meeting. <laughs> oh, so um, this, is, this is 2018 or this is before that? This was early 2017. Okay. Um, I, I was like, I want to build financial independence. I want to build my own internet businesses and I need to live cheaply while doing it. <laughs> And going abroad seemed a lot more interesting than living with my parents. So I I went abroad and it was supposed to be a, a three to six month trip. And here I am like four and a half years later, still wandering <laughs> around, still building internet businesses and, and now really focused on like online content businesses. And that's kind of where I, I've niched and where I've, I've lasered in and enjoying it a lot. And yeah, loving, loving the journey. Can 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 you tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea of what you wanted to do first? And I ask that because a lot, like you said, hey, you first of all, you went to Asia to get started on this business. That makes me think you're probably scouring online blogs, saw Tropical NBA, read four hour work. We decided to go to like Southeast Asia to do this. About how did you come up with the idea and inspiration of what you'd start? Or did you go there and say, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to live cheaply and figure it out from there. So I... I guess the short version is I had a blog that I'd started in college. And so I started it back in 20, maybe late 2014. And I wrote some articles on there and was just messing around, just writing and practicing some SEO stuff, then didn't pay attention to it for a few years. And over the few years where I didn't pay attention to it, it was making like $30 a month. 
which I realized, wow, okay, I have a site with almost no incoming links, very little content, and it's making money writing about a couple random articles. So I thought, okay, there's got to be something in this space of these types of articles. Can I write more of these and, and go deeper here? And then simultaneously, I was just kind of scouring the internet looking for um, interesting opportunities. And what I did and what I think is one of the simplest ways to spot opportunities is just looking at businesses that are making money that aren't complicated and seeing kind of what they're doing. And so the first business that really, like the content business took time to make money, but the first business that really started making money was a a business where I was reselling like American products to international buyers. Hmm. And I just stumbled into that because right before I started nomading, I bought a drone on eBay at a pretty big markup because it was completely sold out. And then I was just curious as to what the other items this eBay seller was selling. And they were selling a bunch of other products that weren't out of stock, but they were selling them at a markup and people were buying them. And then I was like, why is this happening? And then I realized it's because they were selling products where the retailers do not sell the products internationally. And hmm. so they were kind of a gateway for international buyers to buy certain products. And then so I went deep on that niche and started thinking about what could I sell to international buyers on eBay that they can't easily buy. And the big win product that I actually wrote a mini blog post about it was Allbirds Shoes, which is like one of the fastest growing shoe companies in, I don't know, the last yeah. 10 years. And at the time when I started, they were only selling to the US and New Zealand, but they had huge demand all over the world. And so I was like one of the, maybe the number one or number two, like international Allbirds sellers. And I was making, I don't know, like a thousand dollars a month. Um, just literally someone buy it from me on eBay. I'd go to Allbirds website. I'd fill in the order. I'd send it to eBay's international warehouse and I'd never touch <laughs> the product. And it was a magical, magical business. Wow. Yeah. And, and and then what happened, Ken? What what made you eventually transition from that business, and how did that journey look like? So that business, I mean, the challenge with let's call it e-commerce arbitrage type businesses like that, especially on big marketplaces like eBay or Amazon, is that if it starts going well, people will eventually catch on and will just compete with you. So more competition entered. Allbirds started selling stuff internationally, which basically wiped out my business. And I realized that wasn't long-term going to be highly sustainable. And then simultaneously, the content business that I had been working on, that was an extension of my college messing around endeavor, um, that started making money. And that started making more money than the e-commerce stuff. And that took about six months to get going. It probably... I want to say it reached maybe like $2,000 a month in profit after six months. Wow. And this um, is just a content website. Yeah. Just a, just a website with information, getting traffic from Google search and making money by linking out to other sites where people buy things. So a uh, affiliate website. Yeah. And, wow. and yeah, so that was my, that was my foray into content and affiliate stuff. 
And then I just constantly was sort of running more experiments when this, depending on what was making money, whether it was the the e-commerce stuff or the content thing, I was just running different experiments and trying out a lot of stuff and seeing what worked. Um, and then over the long run, it's been the the content businesses that have been pretty stable and sustainable. And it's been the e-commerce and some other, like I, I started some, I call them scalable service businesses, which one was a bill negotiation business. Mm-hmm. Um, another was, let's see, another was a social media agency. Those, I had some flash in the pan success where they spiked and then crashed and burned. And I've, it's taught me to really appreciate the content businesses, which are very passive and much more stable and chill. And they very much support a remote and wandering lifestyle and one where, you know, we can hop on and do a podcast and I'm not beholden to customers or employees and just have a lot of flexibility in life. So, Cam, you mentioned a variety of types of businesses, right? We talked about affiliate, talked about e-commerce, you did drop shipping, uh, bill negotiation. Like these are just uh, many different types of business models. What was the end goal here? Because there, you know, I, I'm trying to find a theme in all the types of business you started, and what led you to start one versus another type of business. Was there a goal you were trying to achieve, and that's why you're trying all these different things? Yeah, well, the goal when I, when I started traveling, the goal was how do I build enough passive income to not have to work for money anymore, and then mm-hmm. I can just work on high impact things and work on things that I'm passionate about. So it was really me scrapping, saying, "Okay, I don't really have any business ideas right now. Like, how can I scrape together an income?" And through that, was just experimenting with a bunch of different types of businesses because I didn't. I I wasn't I didn't have strong conviction with anything that I was doing, mm-hmm. and so I was just throwing some darts at the wall and seeing what would stick and being like purely opportunistic. And one of my big, I guess, a couple of my big takeaways from this process of doing a lot of different businesses all at the same time was one that's really tough, um, especially when when learnings. Don't di- when learnings and team don't directly carry over between businesses, it's complicated because you're running a bunch of separate things. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I have six or seven different content businesses, but I can recycle processes, tools, like everything recycles. And so it, it's very seamless to do these all together versus doing lots of different types of businesses. But I do think the one advantage to throwing darts at the wall and doing random experimentation with different business models and and spaces and industries is just that you get a lot of random exposure to stuff that gives you unique perspectives on whatever you end up focusing on. Mm-hmm. So I think now that I'm in content, but I, you know, I have a background doing operations at DoorDash and I have a background of managing hip hop artists and doing e-commerce. And I've picked up all these little nuggets of learnings, I think, give me a different perspective than other people, which allows me to see opportunities and different things that other people may not see and and vice versa, where they have different experiences and and they'll see things that, that I didn't see, but it's a, it's a, it's a rambly way of saying how, uh, things have a way of connecting together, even 
when at the time, like it just, it doesn't seem obvious how those skills will help you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And, and there are a few things I want to highlight about Cam. So, um, how old are you now, Cam? I'm 29. 29. All right. Amazing. And, um, from the time that you started your own business and kind of like went to Bali, went on this journey, how long did it take you to become what you consider uh, financially independent? So it took me, uh, I guess like three and a half years, three, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So to me, it's like, wow, you know, you, you went on this journey within a few months, you were already able to cover your costs of living and kind of already have a great lifestyle. And then within three and a half years of starting the journey, you're essentially, I've heard you in other occasions, consider yourself financially retired. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely attribute a high, a high portion of that to just being my long-term commitment to living in cheap developing countries, hmm. um, which, which I want to make sure I emphasize that because I think it's something that it's not, it's a new topic. It's not something that's that commonly talked about. Perhaps it is on, on this podcast, but I feel like in the world, not necessarily. Um, where if you just lower your cost of living dramatically, especially in the future and as you project to having kids, then the number that you need to achieve until uh, money no longer becomes a primary focus for you <clears throat> is just so much, so much lower. Um, and, and my long-term plan is to live in Bali, which the cost of living is a small fraction of what it is here in Boston. Um, but as David well knows, it's a great, great place to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just to give more texture around that. So what Cam is referring to, if you're living in Bali, you can live an amazing life for you know, $2,000 a month, $3,000 a month. And then if you live in Boston, the equivalent of that is going to be at least a hundred or one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, and so when you compare that twenty five thirty thousand a year living budget to a hundred or one hundred twenty thousand a year living budget, and you know you take three, five, seven, ten years, and you compound the interest of investing that money, um, that that by itself can be a retirement for a person over over a period of ten years. Definitely, yeah. Cal, I'm curious, what does your business portfolio look like now? You mentioned you have six content sites. Is that right? Yeah. I'm trying to think in my head. Let's see. How many are, are sort of significant revenue drivers? I guess I'd say right now there are three that are sort of established and two that I'm, I'm working to make established, I'd say. Got it. And that is that your primary source of income? Yes. Yeah. So I have the three that are established are basically all, all static content sites. Um, no, no employees, no contractors, really no new content, just pretty much just static and sitting there and just generating passive income on a monthly rolling basis in the background. Um, and then the two sites that I'm really focused on now are much more passion driven, which one is called freedom is everything, which is mm -hmm. about working online, traveling the world and trying to live a happiness driven life. 
And the second one is called Remote Work Hub, which is a remote job board. So by based on those, you can tell I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about the remote life and mm-hmm. the traveling life. Uh, one thing I do want to point out to the audience about what Cam has done here, and it's something that David and I have mentioned on other podcast episodes, is that you don't need your primary business that gives brings you the money to be the one thing you're passionate over. I think a lot of people think, oh my God, I want to start a certain business that I could do forever because that's what I want to do. But the reality is in order to live the type of lifestyle you want, just like Cam is doing, you could have that come from a variety of means. For example, he started a business portfolio of six content sites. And a lot of those, or a certain portion of those, would probably not be stuff where Cam is like, I am super passionate over this, but he used that to fund his lifestyle and then use that money to also fund his passion projects, which is freedomiseverything.com and remoteworkup.com. So I think I think it's really cool what you did, Cam, because I think a lot of people get hung up on thinking, I have to do something I'm passionate about. And the reality is that's just not the case. Yeah, I definitely got hung up on that thought process for a while because it is ideal. I mean, it is ideal to be working on stuff that you really enjoy and that, you know, you're in it for the long haul and you see it as this is a long journey versus I'm a mercenary and I'm just trying to pay the bills right now. Like that's, that's less fun. But I definitely, I got myself excited and passionate about these. I think of them as more being like profit or mercenary type businesses. Um, because I viewed them as being, these are my gateway. These are my stepping stone to being able to spend my time how I want to spend it. And and I always viewed it as this is a short sprint to give myself long-term like flexibility um, and, and really to buy myself time so that I can I can get out of the the employee cycle and I can be in an owner and creator space. Um, and yeah, just, just being able to own and control my time. So what you said is spot on and is essentially exactly how I think about it of, of, uh, your, your passion doesn't have to be where you make money. Um, but being able to free up your time to be able to work on your passions is definitely powerful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, um, and Cam, you know, I, I want to, I want to get some control controversy into the uh into the conversation so we're, we're, we're on the remote local podcast neil and i are running remote local businesses with customers calling in people on the ground doing things you know a, a, an office staff and being able to live you know location independently but here you are with these content businesses you know can work on any given week pretty much as little or much as you want no customers calling in Um, so I'm curious from your experience, like, why doesn't everybody just do that and live the same lifestyle? Uh, I guess my, my off the cuff answer would be, I mean, the only, one of the biggest reasons I'm in the position where I am now is I just stumbled into this stuff. So like, I feel like Finding, I mean, finding good opportunities within the content space and scaling is challenging. And I, I very much just stumbled into some of this through experimentation. So I feel like, I mean, that's one of the most obvious barriers, which is if I hadn't started that site in college and gotten the ball rolling, which took a few years for it to like kind of get going, then I probably wouldn't have continued to experiment. And I, I'm, who knows if I'd be doing anything in the content space now. So I credit 
a lot of it to experimentation and kind of just luck. Um, I do think, I mean, I do think the content space in general is, is an amazing space where people talk about courses, info products, things, things that have almost no overhead and are pure profit. Um, and are very pop. A lot of them are very popular in the nomad spaces are, are, are great opportunities if you can find them on the other side, you know, as I talked about when I started, I was just scrapping and trying to figure out how to make money. I, I get, you know, when you're, when you're trying to build a business, wherever you see opportunity, uh, and wherever's working, you double down and, and you run with that. So even David, knowing some of your, your own story of, you know, starting your locksmith business and then, and then scaling it up. Like, I mean, I, I, I get it, whatever, whatever works you run with. So this was working for me. I ran with it. You had your thing and, and I'm sure probably a, a similar story for Neil as well. We'll let Neil weigh in in, in a moment. Mm -hmm. um, but what really stands out to me from what you're saying, Cam, is that the content business potentially has a longer feedback loop. So if you start something now and you work on it for a few months, you're probably going to see the results only four, five, six months, nine months, one year into the future. Whereas in Neil's story, my story, some of the other guests we've had on the podcast, they put up a site and then the next day or within the first week, they got the first sale. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. That That is definitely probably the key point. And actually, I just interviewed a woman who has a personal finance blog that I think is doing over a million dollars a year now. And she started it maybe six years ago or something. She said it took her six months to make her first $100. So that yep. should paint the picture of like search-driven businesses. And you guys have probably seen it with your own businesses. Like not necessarily uh, like Google Maps search or, or local business search, but but normal search results take a while to get going frequently. Yep. Sometimes they can be quick, but usually there's a, a long lag time and then it, it ramps up and, and it can compound over time, but it takes a bit to get off the ground. And comparing that to any business where you can run ads, like a business where you can run ads, you know, e-commerce, local business, you can ramp up on day one. You can get up really quickly. And, and so you can test and learn really fast. Whereas with content, there's definitely a long <clears throat> lag time. Um, and I suppose in my own journey, I feel lucky that, that I had some shorter term cash to, to boost my confidence while I waited for the longer term content stuff to build up. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I am biased as probably David, right? Because we both have local businesses. But I think what David said was kind of spot on is obviously if you you if you look at local businesses and getting started, there's easy, easier forecasting path to make money because it's not a brand new concept. It's not a brand new blog. It's like, for example, cleaning company. People, there's always cleaning companies. Every city is going to have it. So you just have to get in front of the audience with paid ads or whatever way to actually get a look versus like you said, Cam, in a content space, it's going to be like kind of how long it took me to do SEO for my for my um, website, but you're also competing against kind of other people doing it for the whole world. So uh, I, I think there's obviously pros and cons of the model. I actually tried to do what you did, Cam, when I first got started, e-commerce, dropshipping, micro niche blog sites. It just didn't work for me. I think to be honest, it's because I has like a squirrel mentality and I just 
started it. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I don't, I don't have the instant <laughs> gratification from this. Let me go to something else versus you had this blog running and it worked and you knew what to do and you kind of scaled with it and it ended up working out really well in your favor. Yeah. And, and I, I want to emphasize one thing that you said that I think is, is very key and is probably a great takeaway for anyone building either local or online businesses, which you referenced, you know, building a cleaning business and going into a space where there's already existing demand, there's existing, there's existing businesses and it, it's very established and known. Um, and I, I think that there's, it's so underrated to, um, let's say to build similar businesses to what already exists. And, and I think I've talked or I've written about this on a macro level where Google wasn't the first search engine. Uh, DoorDash was mm-hmm. a ripoff of Postmates. Um, Uber, Uber X is a ripoff of Lyft. Like a lot of businesses, they saw another business doing well and they moved into that space and kind of followed on and frequently did it better. Like they, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, what they're doing is interesting, but let me add on these few things that I think will be better and let me put my own flair on this. And I think that simple concept is so like underrated and underappreciated by, let's say, non-entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And it applies to local. It applies to building content businesses and finding something that works and building something similar. So I think that point is, is so important, especially for anyone who's early in their journey and is looking for opportunities. Like looking at existing businesses is a great way to find opportunities. Mm-hmm. I love this so much, Cameron. It's it's basically saying, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Look at something that's already working. See how you can do just as well or even better by improving something. And that will increase your likelihood of success by thousands of <laughs> thousand times. For sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Cam, I'm uh, I mean, interested to learn about Freedom is Everything. Can you tell us what this project is? You mentioned it's a passion project. What, what's it about and what's the ethos of it? Yeah. So the ethos of freedom is everything. It's a content site about uh, building internet businesses, traveling the world and trying to live a happiness driven life. And sort of the big Kickstarter to it was when I started my digital nomading journey. And I just felt like the information that existed about Um, especially about like building internet businesses while traveling is a lot worse than it should be. And there should be better information. There should be more stories out there. So I've been interviewing a lot of people. I mean, I I need to interview both of you guys because you definitely fit, but I've been interviewing a lot of people who have been, or I interviewed David actually already, but um, I interviewed a lot of people who have been building businesses while traveling. um, And I've just been putting together a lot of content um, for people who are interested in living a wandering life and making money online and for people who are interested in, in like just thinking about designing their life slightly differently. So optimizing more for happiness versus uh, material goods or a career path. And yeah, <clears throat> it's it's definitely in the the earlier days. There's a lot of con- a lot of pretty solid content on there. Um working to ramp it up and learning a lot and constantly trying to add more content <laughs> and, and get it going. But it's been a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying it. It's, it's almost like it's my soul in a website. So it's, it's definitely close to my heart. 
And even with that, I saw Cam apply his experimentation methodology where we, when we were in Barbados, he was uh, vlogging for the site and on YouTube, you know, going around with this amazing camera and taking footage while we were surfing and interviewing locals. And I saw him do a bunch of cool stuff on TikTok. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, check check out Freedom is Everything and look for Cam um, on on YouTube and on TikTok if you're on it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. And Cam, thanks so much for your time today, man. Uh, for anyone listening, where can they find you? How do they get in touch with you? So you can find me on any social media at Cam Woodsum, which is just C-A-M space W-O-O-D-S-U-M. And then freedomiseverything.com. And I've been putting out a, a weekly newsletter every Sunday. So if you've enjoyed this interview, you'll probably enjoy the newsletter. And I love hearing from people. So feel free to reach out as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Cam. We'll see you on the flip side. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Cam. Thank you. (sighs) Cool. Awesome. So how how long are you in Boston for, Cam? Um, I'm here for... The plan is to be here for a month and then head off to Europe. If you want to join, if you're looking for some surfing, I'm planning to go to... uh, to Fuerteventura. Actually, Lucas is going to be there. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, to go to Israel if uh, a wedding is happening and spend some time in Mexico in November. Um, nice. Yeah. But, nice. you know, who knows? The way it's looking right now, it's not looking so pretty. <sighs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I haven't booked anything. I'm just waiting to see how things shake out. Yeah. But what about you, Neil? Any, any travel plans? Can you guys hear me? We oh, lost Neil. We might have lost nope. Neil. All right, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now yeah, we can. Yeah. I can hear you now. Gotcha. Uh, my browser is super frozen right now and it's lagging. So he just, hopefully, he, we uh, just Zencaster lost Neil. We just lost saying. Neil again. We just lost him off Zencaster. Okay. Do I need to, need to do, unmute do I need, on. Do I need to wait for it to upload? Because yes, that, right? that helps. Yes. Yeah. Do you need to hit stop recording on there first? Um, well, I thought he's supposed to be the one doing it from Zencaster. Kind of like the end of recording. Of, he's out of the Zencaster. I don't know if you want okay. to. Hold on, hold on for a moment. Let me see if I can catch him on WhatsApp. Make sure we don't lose the recording. Neil. David. David. Hey, Neil. Hey, uh, I hey, hear you guys. I, I hear but- you guys. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with May This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.